Welcome to the Anti-Gamers Podcast. This is episode number 119. I'm your host, Evan Minto, and with me, as always, is David Estrella. Also your host. True. That's, that's yeah, true. Don't even debate me on that. Don't. This is not a debate. Sometimes you need to specify that. <laughs> the people need to know. We're back after about a month since our last regular no episode. The, Get out of here. It's not been a month. It's been about a month. It's been about four weeks, which is something like a month. No. What have you been doing in the meantime? Well, we did that episode. We did the Kyoto Animation episode. So that so we we were, you know, you heard us, but we didn't do a regular episode. Oh, that honestly, that felt like a month ago. Yeah. So uh, in the in the meantime, you know what I've been doing, David? Uh, I have just been forsaking all uh, thoughts of anime, manga, and video games, and just getting re-obsessed with, uh, with his Dark Materials. Yeah, I realize this. Apparently, you've got like a Game of Thrones television show for yourself now. <laughs> That's right. They made it just for me. You've got a primetime TV HBO thing to obsess over. And honestly, for like a guy who has... Uh, Oh, well, maybe now, now that you're vindicated with like the whole Game of Thrones incident earlier. Correct. I was like, right all along. Yeah. Uh, it's bad. Now, with the fact that you have gone whole ass right into this thing is honestly surprising. Like, you think it looks good. Okay. Well, I think maybe you didn't read my tweets closely enough because the show doesn't, isn't out yet. I'm, I'm just a really big fan of the books. Right. So, I, I've been tweeting about the books. I, I've been be, a fan of them. You wouldn't be doing anything, though, unless there was like something like, coming up on the horizon yeah so you there, are doing this there's in a, anticipation for a show yes there's a show coming out but uh just to be clear that i have not gone whole hog into liking the show because the show whole doesn't exist hog. Yet, but honestly i can't this kind of counts as whole hog for you because you never you normally never do this sort of thing i know I, I i the reason i even mention it at all on this show even though you know it's not one of i mean aside, aside from the Aside from the fact that I did ask you, like, what the hell you've been up to in, like, the yeah, month yeah. that you've been gone. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, the reason I mention it is is partially because, like, we've talked a little bit about burnout on the show before, and I'm still kind of trying to find somebody to have on the show to do a whole episode about it. And uh, I've, you know, I've been, a, like, low-key burned out on some anime manga stuff recently, and rereading these books that I was a really big fan of as a kid has been this really energizing thing for me where i was like oh this is what it was like to be really excited about a piece of media Damn. right so yeah kind of interesting give me some of those uh brain chemicals excitement well, i think we've given <laughs> we've given people advice in a similar vein before right which is like revisit things that you know that you like and and that really can you know i i'm proof right now very recently that that really can give you that like that little jolt that you need to be like yeah okay okay like oh, it, yeah. you know if you don't do that, it's, it can start to feel like everything's really similar. And if you kind of go back and revisit something, you're like, oh, wow, this is great. This like I had forgotten how much of an impact whatever the thing is, you know, had on me when I originally watched it or read it or played it or whatever. So that's um, so. honestly, we're going to be like spoiling the contents of that uh, hypothetical episode. But so like it seems like the secret is to just kind of like push aside the anime or the manga and then just like slide in like YA novel. So we're <laughs> not, the anime YA okay. novel and games podcast. <laughs> I think you're taking that a little bit too literally. <laughs> I mean, you can you can replace it with an older anime or something, right? It's just in general, I think it can be really helpful to reinvigorate yourself with stuff that you you know you really liked in the past. You know, if the stuff that you're tra if you're trying to keep up with stuff now and that's kind of got you a little bit burned out, that can be helpful. Uh, and also, everybody, please read those books and watch that show when it comes out. It's, the books are so good. <laughs> Damn, that thing's probably got like 15 books to read and like five spinoffs that no, are central it's actually, to the story. No, David, uh, you might, you might, I don't know. I don't know if you read like fantasy novels much these days, but you might like it. Uh, it's it's three books. They're kind of like tar uh, they're marketed to the YA market. So they're they're pretty easy to read. Uh, they're not necessarily originally in, written for like children, but they're definitely marketed toward children. Um, but yeah, they're they're like really quick reads. There's only three of them. The spinoffs that do exist, there's not that many of them, and they are completely non-essential parts of the oh, story. They're see, that's what uh, like, that's what people say every time that they try to convince you to like play stuff like Witcher. I know. Three, so what uh, I'm saying is, spinoffs. When you say it, it's right. like. Mm, 
Mm, but but the spin-offs all came out long after the original series, right? So they're, they're really not essential for it. I haven't even read most of the spin-offs, and I'm a big fan of just the original, like, main trilogy. This yeah. is not like a, this is not an expanded universe. This isn't like, uh, like Tolkien or whatever. There's a very limited set of books to read. Honestly, I was thinking more along the lines of like Dune, which is like, I think 30 books right, or right. something. That's like Dune has way too many books. books. Yeah. No, there's a grand total of, there, there will eventually be six novels because there's like a, a new series he's doing, uh, six novels and like two novellas. That's basically the extent of it. The whole mm. thing. Yeah. And you only know, three of those are essential. So, you know, honestly, I've been thinking like a lot of this reading stuff would be easier for me if I'm just thinking like, <laughs> oh, it's like American light novels. David, don't say this reading stuff in front of me. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, it's like, I don't know. I probably have like an issue just uh, committing to finishing books because like I start so many books and then just never finish them. Yeah, yeah. That's my It issue. is basically... And YA novels are pretty much American light novels, right? That is not an exaggeration to say. Yeah. <laughs> They're a very similar market. They get they like get made into movies and TV shows all the time, like honestly. Yeah, case exactly. in point. <laughs> right. Uh this one took forever to come out. But anyway, that's a subject for a, a whole nother thing. Podcast. I'm other I am almost I'm so into it, I'm almost considering doing a like completely unrelated spin-off his Dark Materials podcast. <laughs> Just getting like Whoa. a couple friends together to talk about it. <laughs> yeah. Whoa. All right. We'll see. Ambition. We'll see if that happens. So uh this episode, we didn't even we spent way too long on that intro, but uh this episode we are talking about some news and we're gonna do something a little bit different from our usual structure. Uh we're still gonna talk about some of the stuff that is kind of like on our queue that we've been watching and, and playing and reading. I actually, I think it's mostly watching in this case, this episode. But uh, we're also actually going to kind of expand on one of those topics to do what we are currently tentatively calling a mini review. We might be doing more of these in the future. They're trying to kind of have more completed thoughts on something as opposed to just uh, kind of our, our spur of the moment feelings as we're going through it. Uh, and then we'll do our mailbag uh, questions, responses thing, uh, responding to listeners like you. So let's get started with the news. The news. David, you got a story. You oh, got a I got story a scandal. I got a scandal for you, Evan. Like A virtual this, scandal. This is, no, this isn't virtual. This is real life. This is, <laughs> this is like, honestly, this is the news right now. Evan, I can't, I can't believe what they've done to Keys and I. I cannot. It's actually, it's actually pronounced Keys Naiver. It's, like, no, get out of here. We're not <laughs> the uh, your ability to make that joke is 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 not it doesn't exist anymore. That that we, we put that way way behind us. That it's joke old. I will never let it's go old. of. It is it's old. It's my not favorite allowed. thing to do. You're not allowed to do that. <laughs> well, anyway, uh, before I was so rudely interrupted by Evan's terrible joke, uh, he's not I has been body swapped. And there are a lot of conspiracies running around on Reddit, especially, which is weird um, that I would even re read Reddit. But I did. I did read Reddit Wait, so because did, did it was. Keys, did Keys in the Eye get like, uh, did she quote commit suicide unquote in her New York jail cell like a certain other person? Uh, well, maybe. Replaced by a body double. It's been uh, it's been about a month since we've heard from the original. So a little a little bit of backstory i guess a few months ago there was an initiative to run a few videos with kizna i where she's now got multiple ais with her but they're both they're all called kizna i so there's kizna i one the original kizna i two kizna i three and there's a kizna i four but she's kind of like her own product because she is the chi the chinese kizna i because they're doing expanding into other markets and all that stuff. Mm. So there is too much to keep track of. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's already like, okay, so that now you've got three different AIs that have sprouted up in the span of a few days. And people, especially like the Chinese Kizna I people, they were kind of upset because the whole point is like, you know, Kizna I, fuck you. And like, I'm scared and I overreact at Resident Evil. Like, right. they love 
everybody loves the original Kiznai, who like you know came up with all these videos, and she really was the forerunner for the whole virtual YouTuber thing, to, like really make it take off into another level. Yeah. Um, but I believe that the situation is that the original people that were behind the Keys Eye project sold off their stake to a different oh, no. company. And there's like just one guy from the original team working with them, plus the original voice of Keys Eye. Because it's not like Vocaloid where it's like a program. It's I know I say it's AI, but it's like it's, it's kind of like the gimmick. Like I'm the super virtual AI Keys Eye, but I'm an actual I'm an actual person. I've just got a connect in like an Xbox connect in front of me and like a bunch of dots on my face and that's how we make the videos. That's Keys and I. Right. So so the controversy now is that since July Kizuna I, the original, has not been showing up in her videos. And instead, it's Kizuna I number three, who has so far been doing honestly like a really good imitation of Kizuna I's like the original's mannerisms and just way to kind of like do that anime kind of voice. It's really, she's really good. Like, I honestly think like number three is really good, but she's not Kizuna Ai. And all the videos that have been doing done since then have been marketed as this is Kizuna Ai. So you already had the Chinese base kind of upset because they're pushing for a Chinese Kizuna Ai voice. And anytime that, there is interaction with the Jap with the Japanese Kizuna Ai. It's normally like one of the uh, two or th like third Kizuna Ais. But the original since July has just not been present. And it's gotten kind of uh, maybe a little bit dicey, especially in the comments, because everybody is really upset and there's been a dip in views. There's a lot of angry comments and dislikes and sort of like you know like the whole thing like oh i'm gonna lose subscribers now uh posted cringe yeah they're posting cringe the uh he's not i people are posting cringe by posting somebody who is <laughs> essentially an imposter he's not i but it's only She's only really an imposter because the company that manages Kiznai has not been like fully transparent with everybody. Like, what's going on? Is this like a way to give the original like a break? Yeah, yeah. which she probably deserves. Or is this like we're trying to push out the original Kiznai because we can control mm. the two and three more? So then it's like because there's been actual cases before of like just bad workplace uh, situations with other virtual YouTubers where they they don't own their product. Essentially, they're just contracted out to work with somebody else, like an entertainment agency. It's like, okay, so you yeah, are in the yeah. role of this character. Now go play Pokemon for 12 hours on a live stream and be in character for 12 hours. That's really hard. And yeah. that's super <laughs> demanding, especially if like you're not like super into what your, the activity is either. Um, so there's like been kind of this whole downturn, especially as like the entertainment, like they're trying to push it as like more TV. Cause like he's not, I has definitely been on TV, like mainstream TV. She's got songs with the guy who produces perfume and capsule and oh, wow. yeah, she's like, that. she's on another level. So, um, it's really weird that all of this is happening now when they're getting like more popular and, it feel it honestly feels like now it's just going to be more of a product than the sort of like homegrown. We've got you know we've got right. like essentially like a small group here with a computer and a connect and a performer essentially. So it's an it's an ongoing thing for for now. There's like definitely just been no communication with the uh, management for Keys and I with any of the people that are actually interested in Keys and I. So I feel really bad because I really liked her videos when she first started out. I kind of dropped out on it as uh as time went on but now that i'm like now that i'm hearing about all this i feel like i'm like i want to go back and watch some of those old videos before like i don't know something disastrous happens like they just take down the yeah. whole thing they go back and deep fake uh everything or whatever to turn it into the other keys and i keys and i three yeah uh, deep faking a virtual deep faking YouTuber. a virtual youtuber <laughs> easy target uh, yeah exactly so next up I've got a news story, a little bit of gaming news. I think I've kind of alluded to this previously on the show. 
at least to my desire for this, but uh, Nintendo submitted an FCC filing for a Super Nintendo wireless controller or a controller that looks like a Super Nintendo controller is wireless. Uh, and there's some speculation that I, I think sounds pretty plausible that they might be doing, uh, they might be releasing Super Nintendo games on Switch Online, which I've been wanting for a long time because they did a similar thing with a wireless NES controller when they released the NES games on Switch Online. So that's why kind of people think they might be doing that. I'm very excited for this because frankly, there are only a handful of NES games that I played that I feel like I'm really, really into. Yeah. Because I think like, I mean, obviously the <laughs> NES was a major, very like influential console, but not all of those games Honestly, I think, have aged yeah. well, right? Like, <laughs> Are you gonna, are you really gonna go back to like, the nes era final fantasy or are you gonna play one of the remakes that came out afterwards and like fixed all the balance issues and improved the graphics and the music and all that and like right i mean there's a, the there's NES a handful. Is just nice to have right but super nintendo is really when it started right there's a handful of games that i think you know s still stand the test of time from the nes like obviously super mario brothers is like never oh, yeah. gonna get old right <laughs> but and you're gonna uh, want to play that version over the super nintendo version Mm. just like wait they, there, they, there's they a super nintendo version yeah there's a remake of super mario brothers yeah i didn't know that yeah yeah no it's called super mario all-stars and it was oh yeah they like remade the graphics but unfortunately they changed some of the physics as well so things you could do in the original game you can't exactly do in the second version i might have played all-stars and just you know as a kid or something and not it. and not not realized it was a remake of the original yeah yeah it was like it was notable because huh. it had the lost levels in it the, uh, oh yep, yeah yep. interesting uh, yeah anyway i do agree with you that basically like it's you know got started in earnest on the super nintendo because like right. there's just so many a lot of games that i played and liked and i didn't even really have i didn't really grow up with a super nintendo but even missed out but it but it's saying something that you know i kind of got my hands on one like i forget my dad picked one up or something like after we had already had a an n64 and I still loved it, right? Even though I had already been introduced to this 3D console, I was like, oh, this is great. Why didn't we have this the yeah. whole time when I was playing the Super Nintendo? Yeah, because like a and, lot of uh, those designs are very rock solid even now. It's mm -hmm. like a lot of that stuff did not get, um, it, it just aged, it aged well. Yeah, and the other big thing for me is there's lots of really major influential Super Nintendo games that I never played. Like and the big it would one, be impossible to get now because they're so expensive, <laughs> right? Or you can get them in some like you you could have you could got you could have gotten them on the 3ds or the Wii oh, U virtual virtual console. console. Mm. But but I believe the three the 3ds thing you had to get the new 3ds to get yeah. the Super Nintendo games, which was really annoying. Weird because I think so, that they had that uh, 3ds ambassador program, and you could actually run some Game Boy Advance stuff on it. Mm. which I think is just as intensive as a Super Nintendo game. But the only one that I actually played was I remember when I was actually when I was living with Mitch and he had like all the consoles because he was a game journalist. Oh. Uh, he had a Wii U, which I didn't have one of. And uh, and I bought Earthbound on there. So I did get to play Earthbound. On did you play Wii U? You finished Earthbound oh, yeah. on that one. I've, did you? I've played Mother and Earthbound, but I haven't played Mother 3. Ah, missing out. Yeah. Evan, only, only you missing keep out on me. stuff. <laughs> but the other the other big one is i've never played super metroid uh do you really want to play that <laughs> yes i really really do want to play super uh, metroid <laughs> there are there are better games out really i don't know i feel like uh, a lot of people like, would disagree with yeah, that but... i feel like there are better games out <laughs> uh i'm trying to remember what else i guess i did play um i played one of the like the game boy advance re-release of um a link to the past, but I, I think we've discussed yeah. that I've never beaten that game. Better Zelda games too. <laughs> there are better Zelda games, but that's a good thing. <laughs> I never, I got all the way to the Ganon and I somehow couldn't get through the final that dungeon, is, so I never beat him, but yeah. That is an absolute <laughs> bastard of a dungeon. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I would, I really hope that's, uh, I hope that's coming out because I would play a lot of those and especially I just really like the idea of getting them in that, that all you can eat style the way they have the NES ones on the Switch Online service. Like, I love, for games like that where, you know, especially with, like, the NES where they're they're older, they I might not be able to stick with them for very long because they can be really difficult or kind of clunky and hard for me to deal with. I love having them just, like, 
free all you can eat right and so i can just pick it up and be like no. oh, let me try like star tropics or something it's 1999 a year subscription to nintendo online it's not like free but as long as you have no that, i it, it's not free that's but just it's, the model i didn't say free right it's, it's all you can eat right so it's like yeah. i can try i can sample them as much as i want which is pretty useful so having super nintendo games would be awesome for that i mean i'm i'm only gonna like say right now the Super Nintendo Classic did exist like a year ago, but I guess not everybody bought one. Uh, yeah, the super, like I considered getting one of those, but frankly, it's uh, so much better for me to be able to play these things on my Switch, like in terms of the form factor, right? I can mm. play them on the bus. All right, let's move on to some anime. Uh, we're going to do some qu- little quicker updates, I think, than usual, because we're going to get to a full review in a little bit, or a, a mini review, I suppose, a uh, little shorter than our, you know, big episodes of uh, a manga, Maiden Railways, which I recently read. So let's, I guess we'll start with me in the anime front here. I am, wa- well, I was going to say I'm watching anime again, but I have been watching anime. I just haven't been watching a lot of seasonal anime recently. <laughs> And I am trying to, you know, I'm, I'm putting in the effort here. I'm trying to get back on track with the seasonal anime. I think I've taken enough of a break from it at this point. And there's been a lot of shows that look very up my alley that I, think I between, have missed in the I time. Think, yeah, I think between <laughs> us, we've taken what, like a collective four, six year break from watching anime. <laughs> I don't know. Which about is that. like, it's honestly <laughs> shocking how long we've had a podcast without <laughs> it has actually not been <laughs> watching years. anime on it. It has not been years. It's literally been years. Ask any of our listeners and they'll tell you it's been It's felt like years six for them, I'm years. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I know, I mean, there's been a lot of shows I have not watched in the past couple months that I definitely should watch. Like the the big one I, I keep coming back to is I, I need to watch Mob Psycho season two. Uh, but there's also like Vinland Saga is airing right now. I only watched a little bit of Dororo, which I really want to watch all of. And what I am catching up on right now is jojo's bizarre adventure part five and uh david i think you are just all the way behind on jojo's when was the last jojo oh, i read the i read the manga so i'm kind of like just okay. very relaxed about getting caught up on the did on you the read show. the whole manga yeah i read the whole manga or like i, I cried caught up with it I, okay yeah I, I cried on like all the parts that you have to cry at because <laughs> araki is such a such an evil but genius man well, at least he's kind to animals. Oh, wait. No, <laughs> not even that. <laughs> so, yeah, so I'm catching up on part five. I am just about at the two thirds point. So uh, like 20 episode 20 something at this point. And uh, I, I'm really enjoying it. I'm not sure where I would rank part five right now in my JoJo's rankings. It's probably under might be under part four. Because part yeah. four is characters are really, really likable and these characters are a little less likable i feel like it's hard to put i think it's it's hard to describe what that is but yeah i think it's the way that the story was structured because it it's sort of like a road trip but yeah you're not really going too far that's a good point yeah it's not like egypt egypt was a road trip egypt yeah egypt is a fun road trip but the characters are not as fun and then like part four is so charming because it's so small scale and you you know yeah. and the characters are really funny and you're you're getting them just like wandering around this town Part and that four, kind of makes it yeah. more fun like coming from a background of playing a lot of persona games especially the ones where you were uh, a high schooler like three four and five right uh, right going into part four it was like it felt um kind of familiar like familiar to me where it's like oh this is like we're gonna we're gonna hang out we're gonna learn about all these characters where animals are gonna die but it's uh <laughs> it's okay because it's like uh it's a what is it crazy beautiful sexy town or something what's the what's yeah. the song called oh i for, i forget but yeah it's something, something to like that, that effect <laughs> <laughs> so there's a there's a lot though that is really good about this season of the anime in particular Namely, that I feel like David production has absolutely come into their own at this point, right? And I mean, that should be evident also from things like Fire Force. I think that they were already there by four. Well, part four was really good, but I'm telling you, like, there was there was something that 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 they didn't really do in part four that they're definitely doing a lot of in part five that I, I really like, which is it's a kind of standard anime thing, but they're doing the like kind of standout 
scenes where an animator gets to go a little bit wild and kind of diverge from the the art style of the rest of the show. And frankly, the earlier seasons didn't necessarily do that all that much. And it's pretty frequent now. It's almost like every fight you get some mm. really cool sequence I don't know. from an animator. Season one is still like my favorite season. <laughs> season one is really fun. I like season one a lot. But it's like the, the animation is a little bit. The, when I say animation here, I mean the actual movement is, is kind of, it's a little bit clunky in the, the first yeah, season. Because it's kind of... It's fine. Yeah, like, it's fine. I enjoy it, right? There's a, lot of, the, there's a lot of other stuff that's really good in it. There's the, the color design and the character design and like lots of other stuff. But the animation itself isn't always super exciting in the first what? season. And the time when they have to climb up the oily tower... That was, with, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm trying. With what? With what's her name? With my brain just keeps Lisa, saying Rose. Lisa. Lisa, Lisa. But I'm thinking yeah. of Rose from Street Fighter. <laughs> it's like the thing uh, that I really liked about season one is that yeah, it's got that clunk, but because it's got that clunk, it's got a lot of like stupid bulky weight to a lot of the movements mm. in there, which you don't get that much in the later ones because everybody's all like fluid and like kind of you know everybody's sexy lean. Yeah, yeah like they're lean. super sexy. They're like in super the new cut. Ones. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> while, while in like season one, they're definitely way more uh, Fist of the North Star than they are in, mm-hmm. in the later, later stories. And what I think is also really impressive so far is just the, uh, the level of detail in the, the character art is just like off the wall. Like, you know, it's, it's not necessarily constantly in motion with that level of detail, but there's a there's a nice balance now where you get like kind of still shots that look really cool with how all the characters are illustrated and how it kind of captures that high contrast Iraqi artwork. And then you get these really fluid, interesting animation sequences. And uh, I guess I'll just call out some stands. You can, we're going to do this relatively quickly. So we've got to move on to, to your show. I'm loving that, you know, Iraqi just never stops one upping himself with weirder and weirder stands that are just harder and harder to explain. <laughs> Uh, so there's the guy on the train, uh, actually, what is it? The Grateful Dead is the name of the stand and, uh, it, it can make people age, right? And it's, it's like, so this stuff has like not been topped by any shonen action show to my knowledge since. And it's, it's wild to me that nobody else can come up with anything as weird as this, where it's like, okay, we're going to fight a guy, but he's not actually, his power isn't to like overpower you. It's just to make you age, but he can like modulate it by your body temperature uh and the the weirdest one that i've gotten to recently is i think it's called i'm forgetting i'm mixing up the subtitles and the actual name but i think it's baby face and i think they call him baby head in the subs baby head (laughs) yeah (laughs) always good uh oh i think grateful dead was called the thankful dead thankful dead (laughs) or thankful death or something (laughs) uh so yeah that one baby face is a this one is, I cannot even begin to describe it. It's like he gets blood from his victim and then puts it into a computer and it basically has the baby oh, yeah. like incubate inside of a random woman that he finds, but she doesn't actually like get pregnant, so I guess, right? <laughs> yeah. And then it comes out, the baby, like she doesn't actually have the baby in any regular way. I think the baby just appears and the, the stand is the baby. And then the, the the stand grows up, and while it's growing up, it is seeking out the person whose blood was used to make it to kill them. Mm. It's just, can you imagine? You know, that guy's supposed to be part of the assassin team, and he just shows up, and he's like, uh, they're like, hey, what's your power? And like, some of them have powers that kind of make sense. It's like, well, I can freeze anything around me. And he's like, you might want to sit down for this one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Hold on, I'll, I'll get the whiteboard out. <laughs> We're going to have to diagram this whole thing. It's like, do you want to go out for lunch? Because this might be like a whole thing. Yeah, let, let's do lunch. I'll show you the flow chart of how my stand works. <laughs> That's phenomenal. I Those love that Iraqi yeah. is able to do that. Just go all out with these stupid stand ideas. Those are those are the best ones where it's like, it's not, it's like, it's to overwhelm you with confusion rather than to like actually... Yeah, make and then make a, an efficient effort to 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 kill the uh, to kill the characters. And of course, there's the thing that just feels almost like a parody every time, like a parody of shown in action tropes, where the thing that would usually be solved by the character having some clever, the main character having some like clever outsmarting, is just done by the, them inventing new rules for every fight. Mm. 
right? <laughs> and like new physics and just like, oh, well, obviously it works this way. It's like, okay, yeah. sure, whatever. Yeah, I guess. It's like, oh, the turtle has a stand. That was, <laughs> right? that was great. The turtle stand is really good. The turtle stand. Love turtle stand. Okay. Uh, so I'll probably, I'll, I may update uh, as we go on, you know, as I find more stands in this show. And I'm, I'm really looking forward to, to closing out part five. And uh, then we're then next up is what's it? Stone Ocean. I'm looking forward to that. Prison, prison girls. Prison one. That sounds cool. I'm really looking forward to that. All right, David, you're watching it. You're I know you like you spoiled it. Like you spoiled it a little earlier, but I am. I'm back on. I'm back on the anime. I'm back on the anime because I like I really jacked up my hands playing Pokemon for <laughs> like ten hours at too a much time Pokemon. every day for a period of like three weeks. So listen, kids, don't play too much Pokemon. Yeah, yeah. I know. Honestly, guys, take care of yourself if you're gonna be playing Pokemon for ten hours without any breaks because I'm suffering for it. I'm okay now because I've just like avoided playing any game. Like I've just avoided using my hands. And let me tell you, there are so many things that you need to use your hands for on a day to day basis. Is that alluding to something? That is not alluding to anything. <laughs> <Okay>. Come on. <laughs> How else are you supposed to open like a door? Oh, that's true. I hadn't thought about opening doors. I was like, I'm just going to be Thanks stuck. Thanks for in, reminding yeah, me. Yeah, I'm just going to be stuck inside my room. Uh, so, yeah, I'm watching anime because I can't really play games. I can't even, like, I could probably read. I could read manga, could hold a book maybe, but yeah. I'm not going to risk it. That's too much. And, that's that's okay. even too much for me. So, David, please shock the fine people at home by telling them which franchise you've chosen <laughs> to watch anime guess. from. You'll never guess. I'm watching Lord L. Nelly's Case Files, Rail Zeppelin, Grace Note. The third. what the fuck is up with that name <laughs> okay, i so... i didn't realize it was called that so you you put the name in and i was like i'm pretty sure this is the show i'm thinking of and i went and looked it up and i was like baffled by this name why is it called that rail... it's so long rail zeppelin it, you find out well i'm starting to find out what a rail zeppelin is it's not common to play into the show yet because the show is it sort of feels like a cowboy bebop kind of like you know Ooh. you just get like a little story and you know, the characters are trying to deal with some sort of issue or whatever like that. What do you call them? Procedurals, right? Yeah. Because it's basically BBC Sherlock, honestly. Oh, shit. I'm going to have to watch it. It's a Troika show. It's based yeah. on a series of light novels by this I've guy I've seen called... the tweets about it, you know. It's based on a series of light novels by this guy called Makoto Sanda, who apparently hangs out and plays traditional RPGs with uh mm. such dignified creators like Kinoko Nasu and Gen Uchi <laughs> and uh the guy that writes Durarara, whose name I'm blanking on right now. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I am uh, Narita, Narita. Ryogo Narita. Yeah. So that this is actually how it started because I'm I was like personally curious, like how does a guy who is not Nasu get permission to write a very integral fate story? without being nasu like how do you get permission to like do something so major when nasu kind of feels like to me like he's got like a whole big idea in his head like what this universe is so the deal is that they were playing red dragon the game that they created everybody in this room that plays these games they all created this game and nasu approached uh makoto sanda saying like hey do you think you can write a fate story uh, and then the guy was like, yeah. And then you've got Lord MLU's Case Files, the light novel series. And it's uh, it focuses on Waver Velvet from Fate Zero. Who, yeah, the boy. The, the lad, yeah. Like everybody's favorite character from Fate Zero. Uh, it follows his life when he's become old. And he's actually succeeded his dead mentor, Kaneth, who was the original Lord El Malloy. Um He's called Lord Elmoy II, and it was so bizarre to me to encounter Waver, old Waver, first in Fate Grand Order, the game, because not only is he old, he's like a pseudo-servant, and like just encountering Waver, old Waver, is like, it's just a tidal wave of every single sort of like kinoko nasu like proper noun sort of thing just falling over your head because there is so much going on with waiver and like what he's involved with after fate zero but fortunately or maybe like not nearly enough uh the lord emily's anime kind of like you make baby steps toward understanding like okay 
I know Waver. I'm coming in with this having seen Fate Zero. Um, now I gotta learn at like why why did he succeed his uh his his dead mentor? Like what is his story? Why is he like just suddenly like so bitter now? And what's going so is on he, with him? Is he a detective now? Is that what it is? It's complicated. Okay. So or there's an investigator a whole, of some sort. There's a whole episode explaining the origins of like what happened to him like what was like a little bit of the background is like why he even ended up in japan and how that happened and like the sort of people that are connected to his story and what like what like the consequences were when he came back to london essentially he bought he actually bought like <laughs> imagine that like you walk in and then you bought the name and title and everything to your uh your dead mentor who had mm. a very high like, it's like buying a political seat yeah, like this yeah. thing called the Mages Association and the Clock Tower and all that. You don't really need to know too much about that just yet. Essentially, he yeah. paid a lot of money to become this guy. So what he does, because he's actually taken on a tremendous amount of debt, is that he solves cases for people, but they're all like tied in with magic. So yeah, I yeah. feel like there's a lot of you know breaking, breaking the rules of mysteries and such. So maybe it's not too appropriate to approach this as like oh yeah it's like a full-fledged mystery it's more of like waver waver gets into waver gets into some antics with uh an assistant called gray who looks uh very much like saber and she's got everyone. her own story. Ah, everyone yeah. looks like saber. another saber i was gonna yeah. say uh th- there are broadly speaking I'm, not, I'm no mystery expert but i think there tends to be two kinds of mystery stories and so like it, it would still kind of counts in the genre because there's the kind where the uh which i uh what is this like like an agatha christie novel i think is usually like this where it's like all of the clues are laid out for the reader and so the reader can actually solve the mystery right it's all like logically available to them (laughs) but like sherlock holmes is the other kind where where sherlock will pull out some detail that was not described and is and is kind of like not so not something you could logically figure out yeah, on your own. And so I think very, this is, sounds closer to that, right? It's very much like that because it's more, I feel like more the mystery is to flesh out this whole world that has only ever really been mentioned kind of briefly or like a, like a name or something, like a place that gets tossed around in the visual novel or in Fate Zero or any of the other Fate things. Like it's kind of interesting that like this whole big presence is only finally now like i'm only finally now getting something that's like focused on just this just this thing and really it's really surprising to me just how many things were tied into just not even like fate stay night but like uh even fate apocrypha which i think is its own series of Mm. novels like there are characters that have, like I feel like they might have a bigger role, not just commute like a cameo role. So I'm not sure what's going on. Like if Nasu's like feeding all these uh, storylines to to the writers, but it feel it feels pretty uh pretty solid. I'm kind of tempted to watch this, considering that it's Waver, who I liked from Fade Zero. It sounds like it is not a Holy Grail war, which I'm it interested in. And uh, it's magic Sherlock Holmes. So, yeah. Yeah. Like, honestly, if you like, if you liked Waver enough from Fate Zero, like, this is a whole show about him, essentially. Yeah. Nice. It really, it really digs into what's going on in his mind after all the events from there. And, like, you really do see it had a huge impact on him, kind of like formulated his life up to this point where you're seeing, you're seeing him at. All right, David, it's time to move on to. Our first experiment with this new segment that we are calling a mini review, which we, you know, I guess we, we <laughs> our previous segment there, we, we tend to be talking about things that we're still in progress on. And uh, we wanted to make some yeah. time to talk about things that we finished and, and to kind of give a little bit more time to dig into those. So hopefully, we, as I mentioned before, we might be doing more of these going forward. Evan decided to put his foot down and say, like, enough. We're actually going to finish. We're going to finish the fight. And yeah, we're going to come in with fully formulated opinions, final opinions about things. That's right. Uh, So I have got some opinions on Maiden Railways, which is a one shot Jose romance manga published as one of the first books put out by 
Dempa, the publisher run by yeah, friend of the show, Ed Chavez. I think he was I think he did like a guest spot or an interview with Old Taku No Radio, but we haven't had him on our show, I think, even though both of us are friends with him. So we should probably do that at yeah. some point. I don't know what we're waiting for. Yeah. So a notable thing to point out here is that this is a manga about trains and Ed is a train otaku and Dempa is very much his baby, you know, and he's, I think, selecting most of these kind of handpicking most of these licenses. So I think it is very much Ed being like, I'm a train otaku. I'm going to put out a train manga and hopefully other people are train otakus. I pluralized otaku. My bad. <laughs> so it's less it's less for the Jose people and it's more it's more for the train people. Uh, I think it's for both. And that's what's cool about it. I am right. not a huge Jose person, but I, there's been a fair amount of Jose that I like. I'm not like what I don't follow a ton of Jose, but but definitely there's some stuff I'm, I'm a pretty big fan of. Uh, but I am a little bit of a low key train otaku. I'm going to admit that now. <laughs> I'm a I'm a public transit otaku a little bit, you know. I'm 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 into good public transit regardless of where it is. I think everybody trains. should be into good public yeah. transit considering <laughs> we don't have any of it here. Yeah, I mean I'm a, it, I consider myself to be low key a train otaku because it's one thing to be like I'd like good public transit and it's another thing to be like googling transit maps for like proposed extensions of trains and be like, "Oh, I wonder what's going to be next for this train system." That's where you start to cross the line into being a mm. little bit less uh, socially acceptable. And uh, yeah, it's a it's an interesting manga, very, very like brief. And it's it's all a bunch of one shot stories. So a bunch of short stories. There's not to sp- there's not much to spoil, but not to spoil too much. But there's only a, there's a light connecting thread that kind of comes in later. But it's pretty much all just a bunch of characters on trains in various kinds of love stories or or kind of relationship stories that are uh, you know like they're not all about people like meeting uh, they're not all meet cutes you know like one of them is about a guy who's married and so it, it's not you know it's him and his wife's relationship uh and kind of something i didn't realize going into it that i find really fascinating especially from that kind of train otaku perspective is the all of these sort of disconnected stories take place on the same on a bunch of trains from the same company from the 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 Odaku trains so uh like it's it's kind of this interesting thing where where they're all focused around this like very not even just trains as a general concept but the specific company and a few specific lines that that company runs like there's a the romance car which runs i think from oh, I should have this was not made 100% clear in it because it's not trying to explain how the trains work. It sort of assumes no, you already it know assumes you know, yeah. Yeah. But uh, I forget, actually, the, the romance car, I think, runs out to Hakone, where the, uh, the it's like the hot springs near Mount Fuji. And Is that I forget why it's if, called the romance car? Because <laughs> it think, takes you think so. to... <laughs> they explain uh, that, actually, in the manga. But uh, I think... I forget if it's the romance car that does this or a different one that also runs out to, uh, to Enoshima which is the uh, kind of beach island uh, in, that's like out by it's out past like Yokohama. Uh, and it's like a popular resort destination. If you've seen the anime Tsuritama takes place on Enoshima, which features pretty prominently in that series. I'm going to assume that there's no like bitter singles car. There is no bitter singles. It's <laughs> pretty <Okay>. good. <laughs> it took me a second to realize what you're saying, like the romance car and the bitter singles car. <laughs> Uh, no, no, uh, not everyone finds love in the story, of course. But uh, yeah, it's they're, they're fairly cute and they have this nice kind of I would just I would compare it to, you know, if you're looking if you're trying to decide if this is something that's up your alley, I think it, it probably depends heavily on whether you're one of the people who loves or absolutely hates the first part of five centimeters per second, because it's a lot of stuff that's like that, where it's like characters separated at least one of them is definitely this kind of thing where it's like characters who are sort of separated and they they're taking the train to go find this other person or to to reconnect with this person uh so that kind of like longing for another person and taking a train to find them and even elements like uh like the there's an element in five centimeters that is similarly used in this manga where where like 
character has a, a note that they want to take to somebody and it, it gets like lost or thrown out, that kind of thing. Like in the train station, right? <laughs> Very similar mm, element. There's the action. It's like, ah, oh, you threw it out. Right. So, yeah, David, are you, I forget your opinion on five centimeters. Have we talked about that? I feel like it's, uh, we, we must, it's going to be up your name. I feel like it's going to be up in the air now because it's been quite a number of years since I've seen that movie. And after I rewatched Evangelion, like we're not doing the Evangelion podcast, but like after rewatching that, like I realized just how much I had changed as a person. So I'm, Mm. I'm thinking like I had really strong feelings about it. uh however many years ago it was since i've seen five centimeters per second so that's what i'm kind of thinking like if i watch that now how would i react to it mm. i almost get the feeling like i wouldn't react as strongly just because when i see what was it like high schoolers or something they were like kids they're middle in, schoolers in the train segment they're middle schoolers i feel like i just wouldn't have any strong feelings it's just like see middle schoolers uh fumble about in a shinkai story I don't know. I still think it's really good, but I haven't rewatched we rewatched five centimeters in a couple years at this point. Uh, yeah. So some of the like samples of the stories is you've got like a uh, I think a high school girl who is basically caught in the middle of a like a lover's spat between this man and his and his wife, and they're like on their way to Hakone, and it's you know she's this girl is basically there to give this guy like the kick in the pants that he needs to make the his relationship work there's uh there's one that's like the this kind of like high school love quadrangle that is all like mediated by characters either like sitting next to each other waiting for a train or standing on opposite sides of the platform yelling at each other like yelling their feelings to each other that kind of thing most of them are not like they don't have a, a ton of complex intrigue, right? Because there's you know it's like what 20, 20 to thirty pages or something for a chapter, and so like there's only so much depth that they can go into. Um, there is uh, one that's kind of more tragic. There's a super cute one that's about like a cake shop that a guy like stops off at off of the train. That's kind of the only well, ah, that's the only cake connection. Otaku. Yeah, but it's represented. It's, that one's a fun one. I, I actually won't spoil it, but it's like initially the only connection to trains is that it's like the cake shop is just outside of one of the stations, right? But there's like a reveal fairly early in it, but it's a nice little surprise for like it kind of connects to trains in this other unexpected way. It's really cute. And there's kind of there's one that that is like basically a ghost story, which is is kind of cool. Uh, is it like a scary no story. no it's still kind of a romance thing. it's kind of somber <laughs> no it's it's somber uh imagine that throwing in like a horror story in the middle of <laughs> right. your cute jose train otaku manga no they are i mean that they are fairly consistent i think in tone right so we're, we're this is not something that's playing with the genre too much it's it's pretty consistent <laughs> yeah <laughs> Uh, and there's, a, I should note, there's a, there's a lesbian love story in it, which is pretty cool. So it, it does kind of cover a nice variety of things, right? It's, it's not, like I said, it's not all characters finding love and not all finding it in the same way. It's, it's you know, characters helping other people resolve relationships. It's, it's characters who are finding love. It's characters who are like working through love that already exists or is like has fizzled out or something. It seems more like a broader kind of interpersonal relationships manga than. Yeah, yeah. I, in general, I like it. I like it a fair amount. Uh, I think it's, I probably skew in terms of my interest in Jose more toward things that are more like heavy drama, right? So I like, uh, like Helter Skelter was a manga that I really liked. That's like super heavy, (laughs) super dark stuff. So this is fairly light compared to that. Uh, but what I really like about it, again, is the train stuff. And I really like that the, that the train otaku stuff actually ties in with the main story of it it's not just flavor it's like the train kind of serves as this nice metaphor of characters connecting with each other and like navigating is this nice metaphor right the characters learning how to navigate the train to get to where they want to be what is the thing that like normal train manga kind of waffle on is it like when they start talking about like ah oh, this train car this specific train car was constructed in 1974 and then they start like breaking down all the different components that go into it and uh most of these don't include like a snack booth thing but this particular model does does it have like the one character that just breaks down every little 
bit of history of a specific train car. Well, I think that I think you're right that that is what you would expect. Like that's what train otaku do, right? They're obsessed with like right. this. <clears throat> this one model had like a slight variation that's different from this other thing. Uh, in this case, there is no train otaku character. Actually, I don't. I don't think there's a single thing in here that's actually about a train uh, otaku, which is good. You gotta appeal to yeah. the well-adjusted people. <laughs> exactly, but it does <laughs> have, have no stuff. time to read that. <laughs> so I'm gonna pull up a, a segment here that that this is basically what sold me on it. I was standing at at Ed's booth and I just like picked it up and flipped to this page and I was like, oh yeah, okay, I'm gonna get this. And it's uh, it's basically you know a character has missed their opportunity to meet with somebody and and someone else is trying to help them to you know they're, they're like oh well th- this person already left on the train it's like I, I'm, I'm done now i'll never catch up with them and the other person's like well actually they're gonna transfer and you can <laughs> and it's like there this it whole is. thing where it's like uh you oh you could take the vse the series 50,000 volt super express. It's the fastest train traveling between Shinjuku and Hakone Yumoto and the latest model of the Oda Q romance car. Uh, only three of the trains every day stop at Machida along the way. This is where you get to the real train otaku shit. This is what I love. Mm-hmm. We get on the 1620 express out of Shinurigaoka, reach Machida at 1629. The Hakone 37 leaving at 1640 arrives at Hakone Yumoto at 1736. Uh, and it's but they get to Odawara at seventeen oh four, right? I know they have to transfer, but they're still going to get to Hakone Yumoto first. The other character says it, it's all right. The transfer will take a little while. And it's like that's the dramatic thing. <laughs> it's, it's just it's like precise train timings to try to like you know get there faster than the other people. And I love it. And I read that and I was like, oh yeah, this is good. I, I need to buy this manga. <laughs> Right, so I look forward to the next uh, Evanmento Japan trip where you just try to f- do pilgrimages, which is like, I'm going to follow the train lines from yeah. this manga. I think it's notable that you can only do that in Japan or probably a place like Germany because like people do that all the time. I, I've definitely had that happen where, you know, someone tried to help me plan out a trip uh, in Japan and like you like they will just plan out to the minute every single transfer right because the trains are pretty much always on time because they actually arrive <laughs> yeah so you can literally be like okay i'm going to take this one and this gets in you know uh uh 20 minutes later and and then i have three minutes to do this other thing right and it's like you can do that you can actually plan your trains around wow that. it is just such a such a concept like yeah. a train schedule yeah, exactly. That that precision of, of scheduling is something I just don't even think about because you could do that here, but you'd have to pad every transfer with all this extra time. <laughs> <laughs> I guess before wrapping up, I should I should talk about the art in this. So you've read some Jose, right, David? So you're familiar. Like Jose has, a, I mean, it's Probably. it's a broad <laughs> it's a broad demographic. So it has obviously a lot of different art styles, but there tends to be a there's a style that you know you will often see in Jose manga. And it's this kind of, you know, it's an, like an aged up version of shoujo manga where shoujo can be a little bit like frenetic and there can be a lot of a lot of stuff going on. And uh, in a lot of Jose manga I read, uh, you, it'll be a little more airy, like the, there'll be a little more like room to breathe. That's definitely the case in this one. The characters are definitely a lot of, you know, the male characters are what you'd expect. What would you call it? Like negative space? Yeah, yeah. A lot of negative space. Uh, the male characters are definitely your, you know very thin tall uh oh, narrow eyed be shown in characters man. noodle noodle men yeah the noodle men uh and and sort of detailed hair in the character designs that you'd expect the the characters are, are fairly attractive overall uh and yeah i mean I, I like the art well enough but i i don't know i'm i'm i wouldn't say that like it completely blew me away like there's other there's other jose artists that i i kind of find there I find that airiness works a little bit better for me. Like, uh, I think I've, t- I've talked about Kyoko Okazaki before on the show, and and I really like her stuff. She did uh, Helter Skelter and Pink, and like that. That's a version of that airiness that I like a little bit more because I think it's. I, I guess her her line work is a little less less delicate and a little bit more like kind of solid. This is very much like feels like it's gonna float away in your hands. It definitely has that that, that kind of. <laughs> That's the first time I've heard yeah. <laughs> uh, manga art described in that way. It's just gonna float out of your hands. Yeah, but it's uh, you know, in, in 
I think in a sense it's doing what it's supposed to be doing there because these are not heavy stories. So that, that art kind of fits. I'm very curious to read the other manga that's been released in English by this artist, Asumiko Nakamura. Uh, she made Utsubora, which got put out by Vertical, also uh, at the time run by, uh, by Ed. That sounds very out of print. I'm not sure. I feel like I've seen copies around, but that's like a, I think that's a like a mystery kind of thing. And I think that's darker. So I'm curious if her art kind of adapts in Utsubora to the, the different tone of that series. As I, as I understand it, Nakamura is actually a very like popular artist with a lot of different titles. So she may it may be that she kind of does a lot of different genres and, and is very good at switching to these different styles. I think that's about it. I guess uh, what we are going to try to do on these mini reviews is leave a an actual recommendation, which we don't always do when we're doing our regular just like chatting about stuff segments. Yeah, so, we kinda, we've left it up to people to just figure it out on their own. Yeah. So I would say I, I would recommend this. I think it's uh, it's, you know, if you enjoy like romance in any sense or these kinds of stories about, you know, interpersonal relationships, like you said, David, uh, this is this is a pretty nice read like it's not gonna get not gonna get too heavy and uh most importantly only one volume like you don't have to commit for long pretty cheap to pick up and and you'll get some some nice little uh little stories with some you know kind of interesting little twists in them and uh ed give me more train manga give me full i'm train otaku give me just all the way that's what i want (laughs) i'm sure ed's got something in the works all right, that's that for Maiden Railways. We have got a couple questions in the mailbag here to talk about. First off is one of our lovely patrons. Thank you to Jack Leveled Up for supporting us on Patreon. And uh, we answer questions from our Patreon uh, backers first. And we, we try to guarantee that we will answer all of their questions. Uh, and then, then, we'll, then we get to everybody else. So... Jack asks, uh, might be soon to ask, but have y'all checked out any KyoAni work since the KyoAni episode? If not, are any on your list? That's a good question. Yeah, I have not. A little bit soon. It's a little soon to ask because uh, I've only just been uh, only just been maimed by Pokemon. So yeah, uh, today was actually like the first day I started watching anime. I was actually watching. I was into watching speedruns before this. Watching a, like I know I say speedruns, but I was like kind of into watching jrpg speedruns which take six hours nine hours about so so it's like yeah it's a speedrun it's like the fastest a guy can finish this game but now that i've kind of run out of those um i started watching anime so i think i'm probably gonna maybe pop in for some haruhi because it's endless eight month oh is it it's august so i haven't seen i actually never watched the second season so if that's i'm not sure if that's streaming on I think that might be streaming on Funimation, so I might watch that. Yeah, yeah that's a I good that, idea. I bought that Blu-ray like for or one of Right Stuff's crazy Christmas sales oh, a nice. few years ago, and it's just like it's still in the plastic, so I needed a reason to open up. I'm like, hey, it's August. I feel uh, like wasting my time, so I'm gonna watch uh, Endless Eight and really just observe and find all those little differences. Yeah, there's a bunch of stuff that I would like to watch. Uh, and, you know, like we mentioned on the Kyoto Animation episode, I have not historically been the biggest KyoAni fan, but especially in the wake of this stuff, I would very much like to give some things a shot that I would otherwise not have watched. So, like, one of those, to be entirely honest, that I would be interested in sitting down and watching at this point is K-On, which I have historically not... What? I've been very anti K-On. I would be interested in oh, giving K-On a fair shake, like a revisit. Oh, my God. Yeah. I peaked so badly when you, <laughs> you said that. <laughs> uh, wow, all right. There you yeah. go. We can do a podcast about that. There's, there's a bunch of shows. I wouldn't say the entire catalog. There's definitely things that I am not really interested in in checking out. Like, I, I, I've been working on... I mean, I, I won't give any details yet, but I've been working on an, an article uh, about some Kyoto animation stuff. And so I've, I have gone back and like watched a couple episodes of some of their shows to uh, like some of the ones I haven't seen to kind of uh, familiarize myself with some some stuff. And 
there's definitely shows out there that I just wouldn't really, you know, I watched like an episode of Amagi Brilliant Park and like, I, it's just probably not what, up my not alley. Watch Phantom Myriad World yeah, yeah. or whatever it's called. Uh, but but there's definitely other stuff that I should be watching. Like the big one is Nietzsche Joe, which I've never watched all of. And I absolutely, for me, it's the big one because I've watched some of that and I've read some of the manga and it's great. And I'm surprised at myself for not having watched the whole thing. <laughs> So that I definitely need to watch. And uh, I'd like to watch Liz and the Bluebird. I know everybody tells me it's really you good. You watch Sound Euphonium first. That's my seasons issue. Seasons one, seasons two, and OVAs. Sound Euphonium is another one where on its face, it doesn't look like something I would like, but I would like to give that a fair shake and watch more than like two episodes of it. So at some point, I'd like to do that. Maybe that's it. I never finished Lucky Star, actually. That's another one. I like Lucky, Lucky Star, Star, but I only watched the the Yutaka Nakam... Uh, Yutaka yamamoto episodes yeah but too bad we canceled his ass so yeah well he can't he he basically canceled himself he had some really <laughs> shitty tweets about the kyoani yeah. fire that guy was already bad and he made himself even worse yeah so yeah there's a bunch of stuff you know like as much as there were there were shows that i didn't i wasn't super into there are definitely there's a lot of things that i think because i had a i had a kind of you know I had an opinion of the studio as a whole. I, I didn't really uh, check stuff out. And as as tragic as the, the fire is, I think, you know, it it is kind of good to have a reminder that I should I should watch some of these things because there were a lot of really talented people at mm-hmm. that studio who put their hearts into them. <laughs> you're a different person now, Evan. You don't yeah. formulate opinions on things that you've never watched. That's not what you do anymore. You've outgrown that. That's right. Now I can still have. Uh, <laughs> trust me, David. I can still have controversial opinions. Just check my uh, Twitter feed where I recently posted something that made uh, a bunch of people angry. So, oh, that was like the most like lukewarm. That was I like, know, I know, but people got angry at it anyway. Because people have like, uh, I don't want to get into it. And we're not even going to mention what it is. You can go on I'm my not. Twitter. You'll see. You probably already saw it if you follow me. I saw it. Yeah. All right, uh, we got a question or two from a non-patron. It's an Anagamer staffer. It's Ink. Ooh, I do love me some Maiden Railways. What did you think of the story structure as a whole? Does that aspect lend itself to an instant reread? And what was your favorite character or vignette and why? So what did I think of the story structure as a whole? Uh, I definitely, I liked the vignette thing. Uh, that, you know, I, I mentioned that. I think that was, a, that's a nice way of kind of making it about the trains and about the sort of themes of the trains but also like not i don't know it's not too heavily about them you know what i mean they form this nice kind of like undercurrent under everything because they're the the shared element between them and it sort of makes them like i mentioned before a, a, a good metaphor for people kind of connecting and and uh navigating relationships and navigating their their you know Navigating the space in between people, it actually kind of works without being too heavy-handed. The metaphor is, is pretty good. And yeah, it, I mean, his, he has a question here about an instant, about like it being good for a reread. It's it's definitely, it's a quick read. And because it's so short, it's, you know, and, and things are self-contained. It's definitely the kind of thing that I could see myself just like picking up and reading again, because it doesn't really take much time to get back through it. Uh, and favorite character vignette and why i will say it was the one with the cake shop which i don't want to spoil what it does uh but it's a nice uh, it's a very cute little thing that is not so much about relationships in you know like romantic relationships as it is about kind of like finding community almost it's it's a nice little story i like it okay so that's it for uh for questions and responses and that's it for us before we head out, David and I are writing for Otaku USA magazine. And I, oh boy, I don't think I've updated animeburgertime.tumblr.com in a long time, but you can go there. I'm surprised Tumblr is still around. That's true, yeah. Yeah. No Burger Time at Crunchyroll Expo, by the way. They did not accept any of my panels. Whoops. Not sure what's up with that. And David is streaming video games every Saturday night at twitch.tv slash smallbean. David, what are you playing? I think we're about to finish up Persona 2 Innocent Sin. Oh, but you can't play anything because your hand is broken. Yeah, I'm like, well, they're not broken. It's just like all my tendons and arthritis and everything is uh, acting up crazy. It's crazy. You can't play anything because all of your fingers are snapped in half. Right, yeah. 
They're all I bent a, backwards. I got a rockied. <laughs> it's a uh, work of an enemy stand as well. That's right. <laughs> Pokemon Sun and Moon could be the name of Sun a stand. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you can check out show notes, blog posts, and a link to the official Anigamers Discord on anigamers.com. We also have a Patreon. Please support us on patreon.com slash anigamers, and you will get into the priority question list, as I mentioned before, and be able to access bonus podcasts and articles, including most recently, what was the most recent one that I did? It was a Anime Expo episode with uh, with Kyle Cardine about Promare, which comes out in September and is excellent. We did a whole basically like review of it at Anime Expo. And coming up next, I will tease this here and I'm because I, I still have to edit it and release it. But coming up this month in August, a podcast interview with uh, Yoshihiro Watanabe, the uh, kind of like a bunch of things like producer, kind of uh, international development guy who is now working at Studio Orange and has worked at PA Works and MAPA and uh, speaks English. So another chance, kind of like our Tatsun trigger episode to get a an inside view into anime production from somebody who actually does it. Is that a Patreon one? That is going to be a Patreon only episode. Oh crap! I gotta like give you five dollars. No, you don't, David. You will, you will have access to the episode. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops! All right, it's a little bit too behind the scenes, maybe. <laughs> uh, you can email us questions, responses, and topic suggestions at podcast at anygamers com or talk to us on Twitter. I'm at sign vamptvo v a m p t v o. David is at sign qx twenty xx. And Anigamers is at sign Anigamers, one word. Or on Mastodon, I'm at vamptvo at mastodon.social. And you're not back online, are you, David? No. Actually, my server came back online. Oh, it is. I so, don't know how long it's going to be up for. So David is 20xx. Like, a... David is 20xx at caro.ccsakura.jp. Unless there's like a cool instance to join. I don't know. Yeah. Probably not. And finally, episodes are available on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Music. And please leave us reviews on iTunes to help more people find the show. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you again in about two weeks. We do have an Evangelion episode coming up eventually. You keep on saying it. You We're scheduling it. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. <laughs> All right. Later. You know the dust that they like bodybuilders put on their hands so that they don't slip when they. Mm. Yeah. Got that, I don't think that that's dust. Powder. I don't thing. think. I think yeah. that's the wrong. I think powder is the word you're looking for. It looks like dust. I don't think it's dust. It's like chalk. There's literally like an intern's job to collect all the dust in the gym. It's not dust. I've done gymnastics before, which is quite a that's um, an admission admission to make. <laughs> that is but, such uh, an admission. I hope that's going somewhere in the show. <laughs> it's not dust. It's not dust.